0: Right there. there wow, the little guy! Oh, give me a break. This is hand checking out They're gonna This Kenny Mallers should go home to his wife because nobody hears him.
1: Welcome to Celtics Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. They're in the off-season. <laughs> Where do you want to start, man? Uh, a lot.
0: Jeez. Obviously
1: we what you and I got a really cool uh, private message or DM on Twitter, too, by the way, from a listener that's been with us from, from the beginning. I'm, I'm not going to identify them just because, you know, they may not want to be. But I'm just going to read this, dude, because um, I think it's cool. You know, I think it's really cool. So uh, this particular person joined Twitter in 2008, but was listening way back before then. Justin, just listen to the last pod post-Danny retirement. I felt that. Been with you guys since the beginning. The JB days, taking callers, guests, the gold jewelry sponsor, which (laughs) I love, (laughs) goldrarities.com. And Al Pinkall, the owner. Don't think I've forgotten about you, my man. And the Ray Allen draft (laughs) night when Gorman called in, the vent pod after Game 7, 2010, y'all's surprise comeback, and it does feel like the end of an era because Danny was this huge presence during all of that. I remember you referencing your young son a few times, and he was always perpetually a little kid in my mind until you brought him on two shows ago. Anyway, I just wanted to reach out and say the show has been a huge part of my life for a really long time. And hope you guys keep doing it into this new era. And I can just tell you, man, like I don't obviously don't get a lot of communication, um, you know, anymore uh, on Twitter. And we don't take live phone calls. We're really, you know, doing doing this for fun and a labor of love. But to get to get a message like that, dude, I mean. First off, I can't believe they stuck through us with all the negativity that we've been spewing on this show <laughs> this
0: season. But,
1: but secondly, you know, for somebody to just be going on this very long trip with us since the beginning and to really like stick around and uh and give me a shout on Twitter and, and I see him all the time um, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we've had messages in the past, but um but not DMs, but but man, that was uh, that was really meaningful, and uh, I appreciate that. It really put a it it made uh, it put a bow on that podcast, you know, for all the sentimentality that it was.
0: Yeah, no, and, and actually, after because you had said that to me, and then I noticed he reached out to me as well, which was pretty cool. Um, and so it's Some. nice. Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> it's it's just it's it's wild that um, you know, to. To think that people have <laughs> stuck with us through all this all this time it's it's so long and uh uh you know i'm i'm it it is it's the end of an era uh it's you know as we're doing this show you know and I've been listening to other podcasts and talking and thinking and it's like it's hard to believe that we're not going to say, well, what's Danny going to do? Right. Like that's been (laughs) for the entire time we've been doing this. It's like, what's Danny going to do? You know, uh, you know, (laughs) your kid was really small and my kids were not existent. when we started saying those phrases on a thing called a podcast that we didn't even know it was a podcast. And, uh, and, you know, so yeah, it was an end of an era and, uh, you know, it's, it's, Strange days I think strange days indeed but uh, I, I I'm, I'm excited to uh, dude
1: let me let me just say something about what you just said about the boy you yeah. know being young this right. was my project when I couldn't have a social life anymore. <laughs> I'm serious this was like my thing was like hey you know I, I'm not really gonna go out as much anymore you know I'm starting a family you know and I I kind of needed something. You know, that, you know, I used to do like a dart league and I used to do some things in the evenings and it's not like I just all of a sudden sheltered in, but just a lot of the the social stuff. You know, I used to go and watch bands all the time, like three nights a weekend and stuff like that. And then this was like kind of like, hey, this will be something I could do for me. You know, that'll <laughs> be fun. And it's like a passion, you know, and whatever. And so um, that really put it into perspective, too, you know, especially the show having Riley on. It was like, Wow. Like I started this, uh, you know, probably when he was one
0: or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now Captain He's headed and... to college. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: we just went to Maine this past weekend too for his graduation, so that was really, really fun. It was, uh, it was really good.
0: Wow. Well, that's you know that's uh, you know that's a, that's a that's a wild milestone for him and for you as as a dad, but uh, you know it it is you know, having him on the show is was, was funny and, and cool at the same time, and um, you know like I said, full circle, just the whole full circle experience here over the last few weeks um, for all of us, you know. But um, we soldier on and we and we we move ahead and and. Uh, we figure out what the hell's gonna happen next for this team and and there's still no coach there's a, there's a draft the whole NBA landscape is just you know tossed in the air it seems like over over a you know a, a 24 48 I don't know week long um what do you think about Carlisle? well yeah so I mean, he's clearly the best coach that's available you know I uh-huh. think that's I think so. Um, but here's what I'm kind of thinking, and and I have nothing to back this up. There's no metrics or whatever. But okay, Carlisle was a hard ass. You know, he's he's rigid. Uh-huh. Uh, Rondo did not work. He did not work there. Uh, Luca, apparently, if if latest reports were to be believed, did not like uh, what was going on and, and really tried to get Carlisle to loosen up. Um, and he wouldn't, he just wasn't, wasn't there. Um, and he did a little bit, but, you know, obviously it didn't work for, for Dallas. Now, is that a, you know, is that a, an issue with trying to require the wrong players? I don't know. But my point is he's a free agent. He's out there, but I'm not sure with where the players are of today that he's the guy that this team is calling for. I get the feeling you feel you think honest, he's a, you feel differently.
1: Uh no, I just to your point, I think he's you know established coach, and I do kind of hear what you're saying, but then isn't what we heard all season that we needed a hard ass?
0: <laughs> yeah, right? but it, not that's not. I'm not saying hard ass in a way of like I don't know. I I, I just I don't think. I don't know that that's I don't know that <sighs> accountable is one thing, I, and and it could be just his voice. He'd been there too long too, and that and that just he had kind of timed out of his of of being there. But I think the pressure on hiring a a, a coach of color is is important, and the fact that Jalen posted, you know, that four of the seven coach of the teams still available have uh, you know African American head coaches. I don't think that's a mistake. <laughs> I think he's very clearly saying to Brad, "Look, this is this is what we need to do." Um, and you know, that's a very tough situation because I think clearly Carlisle is the most qualified out of anybody out there, but I'm not sure that well, Chauncey's my second where choice. Where we are.
1: Johnson's my second choice,
0: or first choice. I'm not really sure. Who's your first? Well, who's your other choice? Your other top choice, I guess.
1: Well, Carlisle. I, I mean, I just, I, I, I think the pedigree, the experience, right? Yeah. But if it's not going to be a cultural match, that's not my decision. I just think he's the yeah. most proven coach out there, and, um, <clears throat> and I think probably some discipline would work. But if it means we can't re-sign these guys. Uh, when their right. contracts come up, like that's not worth it unfortunately um <laughs> you'd have to trade if that was really an issue that means that you have to start trading people and uh and maybe you never find the fit. so I don't know how real that is or not um you know, I think you make a good point you know there's there's been lots of you know media pressure too, <laughs> not just yeah. Jalen kind of like subtly putting that pressure like the media is putting that pressure on all teams with coaching vacancies in general. Um, And so, hey, whatever, you know, um, I think you hire the right candidate for the job. That's what I think. However, if the players want something and, you know, this is the world we're in now as far as, you know, the employees run the roost, right? And I don't Mm -hmm. just mean the NBA, I mean everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with that being the way, with that shift being the way that it is, you know it changes who is really quote unquote truly the most qualified right because mm-hmm. you have to be able to motivate the team and you have to get them behind you and so um it's not worth having a disgruntled locker room again ish you know I mean again like right now i mean right. it's happened it's happened in the past many times throughout our you know tenure doing this show and and, and that's a nightmare, and that's tough to live through even as a fan. I can't imagine what it's like as a player in the locker room, even if you're at the heart of the cause, um, you know, for better or for worse, right? For right or wrong. And so um, I think uh, you know chauncey, I like the re- one of the reasons I like Chauncey is I kind of like the coaches that have come from the broadcast booth and done some analytics you know, on the current teams. Cause I feel like they're up to speed a little bit on what all the teams do and the players in the league. And I'm not saying that other potential candidates aren't, but I do mean to say that ex players who haven't been coaching and haven't had that. Cause here's the thing, right? Like, once – I'm sure Chauncey's done a lot of scouting for other teams, but I love the broadcast booth experience for a little bit because I feel like it allows you to just kind of step back, right? And it's not the grind of coaching. And I feel like it does give you a good perspective. I think it benefited Doc greatly, to be honest with you. And then um, <laughs> we can get to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then um, – but I also think that um, – but then Chauncey's kind of doing that. And if you've if you've ever kind of just – Watch Chauncey in interviews. I think he's super level-headed. You know, Mm -hmm. I do think disposition matters a lot Mm -hmm. um, uh, for this team especially. And I think you know Chauncey knows what it takes to win. He's been there. He's been there fairly recently. He's not so removed from the league that he's you know, hey, you don't get it. That's not the way the league is anymore, which is still true. But he's not so far removed that I that the players might not be able to relate to him or his era, and they know him from yeah. his playing days. And I think that's kind of important.
0: I think that's huge. I don't – you know, that's it's crazy to say, but it, that's almost why I mock, I knocked down Cassell because, you know, Cassell was a rookie in 94, I think. Um, you know, Jason Tatum wasn't born for another four years. Jalen Brown wasn't born in, for another two or three years. Like, they need a guy I, – I, <laughs> I think the have been there done that thing is important on this team. I think they've really missed that. You know, and some of that could have been solved by veterans on the roster, I think. I, I don't think it necessarily required the coach to be exchanged to, to solve that. But I think what we're trying to do in, in this in this iteration of trying to find a guy is I think there's a a crying out need for somebody Who's a little bit more like Doc Rivers, I think. You know, players coach, but tough. You know, he knew they knew he had his back, but he was not he was no nonsense. But the you know, the, the KGs and the Paul Pierces were not so far removed from the Doc Rivers area era of him playing in New York. They were kids, but they saw him play for the Knicks against the Bulls and, and the like, you know, or, or, or playing against Bird or or you know, as he, when he was in Atlanta. These guys, I, I don't know if they know who Sam Cassell is, really. You know, I don't think that that's that's necessarily on their radar as much. I, I think he's definitely a fit. I think he's you know part of it. But these guys are so young. We, we forget that. You know, we feel like Sam Cassell played a minute ago. His last game was Game Six of the, <laughs> of, the of the Finals uh, in two thousand and eight. You know, thirteen years ago. Uh, so and he's been and he's been in the coaching ranks ever since so my my point is is just that that makes him prepared i
1: sam think sam is a good option
0: too but yeah sam's a good I like option i too I agree like with you that chauncey chauncey's the best of both worlds i think you know he's the best yeah. of both worlds i agree i agree i like
1: him you know and it and it sounds like i mean uh, Becky ham and what she's still down in san antonio yep um and you know, she obviously would not be a black head coach. <laughs> um, no. But um, a lot. Kara Lawson, I just don't see, and I've seen a lot more, you know, tweets about this, you know, since uh, I was looking at it. But she just got started at Duke when she played four games. Barely. before They shut yeah. it down. Right. Yeah, so, barely. <laughs> so she, she barely did it. And I, I kind of feel like she's a favorite even in that clubhouse, to be honest yes. with you. The way things are being written, like yeah. everybody. She's the first choice uh for a lot of the players, you know, around that team. Which I think is super cool, man. I I mean that that I think is cool and I think I think she'd probably do a pretty good job. It's hard to say. I mean, I don't want to say she'd do a good job because she would be a unique hire in the league first ever right because that has nothing to do with somebody's ability to do the job but there has to be something to be said for the fact that she won them over in her time as a coach
0: exactly
1: and, and so that's where i put a lot of metal into that um and and if she can get them to do what she knows they need to do, and she understands the game and she earned their respect I mean that's as important as strategy and you know knowing when to call your timeouts and your lineups I mean so much of the head coaching job in the NBA today is just personnel management it's not
0: just film study that's anymore right. that's right it's it's not even as much x's and O's necessarily I mean it is, but it isn't it's i think it's 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 personnel management it's personality management. You know more. You know probably more so now than it's ever been, and you know massaging these egos. Um, you know let's let's be let's call it for what it is, right? We we the last two days we've had coaches fired um, by in you know in teams that are have superstar uh, young players that are still on their rookie contracts. They had su- great coaches, accomplished coaches fired, canned, right? And and immediately, all of the comments are about, well, you better look out because, you know, I don't know what's going to happen about Zion. I don't know what's going to happen about Luca. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, what are we talking about here? Luca's. I mean, surely Luca's going to sign the $200 million deal. Surely Zion's going to take his max deal when he's offered it. But, like – What are we? What are we really doing at this point? Like, what is basketball if you know two, three, four, five years, which is what we're talking about for Luca? Five years away from when he has free agency, he can he can be unhappy and wants to go somewhere else or what have you, you know? And and yeah, I mean, just judging by the Anthony Davis situation, it's two years before that. So basically, it's three more years and Luca can ask out. But it's like, what are we doing? Like. I don't, I understand when somebody has leverage and can push their way out, but are, are we so far in the plow, player empowerment era? And I think the, probably the answer is yes to my question, and I don't know why I'm asking it, but are we so far into that that it, nothing matters? Contracts don't matter. You know, agreements don't matter. Even, you know, in some cases, winning situations, moderately winning situations, um, you know, the Mavericks made the playoffs. Uh, the Celtics made the playoffs. Um, you know, what, what are we asking? Let me say it this. Let me, it's crazy. crazy.
1: It, it is crazy. And what's going to end up happening is, you know, you're just – gonna it's almost like going to be like the Globetrotters, right? They're just – they're going to put a new jersey on and they're going to do their tour and they're going to – you know, they're just going to get together with their friends, right? And the NBA is going to have to flatten that revenue out or they're not going to have a product. You, you can't stack teams – with the players, and then they just go to a team, and the whole thing becomes about... I mean, it really does start to approach WWE kind of drama, that, that the way that they would have to manufacture it, because it would be less about the product on the floor and more about the soap opera happening away from the game. I, I think that really will ultimately lead to a failing product, uh, or at least a product that begins to take a major downturn over time. And that would be unfortunate because this is a great sport. And there are some issues I have with the way that the NBA runs it today um, that I think need to be fixed, you know, and we've talked about that ad nauseum throughout the years, uh, what those things might be. But, but at the same time, I think this is a really bad move. And uh, to, to allow for it, the problem is, is the players are the draw, and that's where the money is. And I don't know how the teams reclaim, you know, any kind of control over that, right? Because it's just a respect thing. I mean, if you're going to enable players to not play or they're going to mail it in on the floor anyway, you might as well trade them. But if you have to trade them, it's like over and over and over. Um, it's a work It's a work ethic thing, dude. It's about, it's about being a professional. Mm. And so you know, that's a major, I am concerned about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to give the NBA credit, uh, for a- announcing that the competition committee is going to look at some of the, you know, stranger, um, abilities to, for players to draw fouls around the three point arc. I, I'm, I'm happy to see that that's a step in the right direction. Uh, I'm, I'm truly hopeful that they can actually get some of that done. Um, but, you know but there are but there's other aspects to this and this, you know I'm all for player empowerment I'm all for free agency I'm all for that but when it becomes that you no longer have the ability to um to enforce contracts then what do you have <laughs> you know it's it becomes a, a sport that that kind of loses its ability to to maintain its own balance, um, and and I'm not, and players can do that, coaches can do. I mean, there's there are methods, but they need to take a, a, a renewed approach that you know engages the players perhaps and try to make this more reasonable. Because while it's great to have Harden, K, you know, KD and Kyrie in, in Brooklyn for the three of them and for the the 15 guys on that roster. For the other 29 teams, it's pretty. It's a pretty rough situation, you know. And admittedly, you know, it, injuries and whatnot work against it. But still, the fact that you have to deal with that and you're planning to play against that and and deal with all those things, it's it's it just it, it harms it harms the the image of the competitiveness of the product. Even if teams end up being more competitive than you might think. Um, it it harms the the desire for even casual fans to want to tune in because oh the Celtics are going to get crushed by by Brooklyn. We watched those games, we you know, and 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 they were more competitive probably than they should have been. But what is the product that they're selling to you know not just us diehard fans but to the casual uh, observers? That's where it's going to hurt the NBA, I think, moving forward. Yeah, yep, I agree i I
1: don't know really where to go with that let's let's do this let's transition oh nope, we'll go here. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, yep, it's in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Before the next pitch, head over to bet Online on your laptop, or Your mobile device and take advantage of the fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action. Don't forget, use that promo code CLNS50. That CLNS50 to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Here we go. So, bam. How about bam? Jason Tatum
0: losing out on 30 what two, almost 33 million. What? Yeah. Well, and that, and that kind of ties into our to, to to transition, right? I mean, I think it, it kind of ties into the next piece of this, right? Because that's a, that's a tough loss, right? So he has more points than Kyrie, who was the last guard, but because of the way that the points are calculated, um, he misses out on 33 million. So does Donovan Mitchell, who wasn't as close, but, uh, and, you know, was he worthy? Yeah, I think so. I mean, was it overwhelmingly so? No. Uh, but no, he wasn't totally separated from the pack, right? Uh, but, but
1: he was with the pack and there's definitely an argument. He was better than Butler.
0: I think so. I think you're absolutely right about that. And, you know, so it's, it's a shame that, that, and it's really too bad that, that votes like this can impact a guy's money to such a great degree. I mean, thirty million dollars is a lot of money. <laughs> it's such it's such it's so much money, you know. And ah, that that it, that's a tough that's a tough hit, and it's probably not a reasonable hit because I think he should have been in the mix. There's no money lost for for uh, for Jimmy Butler in this regard. Um, but there's some money saved by uh, by Wick Grossbeck and Steve Begliuka though. I mean that's a that's a big. The 33 million is yeah, just it helps cash us with the pay, cap, right? To, right. Well, that's it. it. You pay out 30 million less to, to Tatum, but your tax. You know the the potential impact of the tax. Um, John Corrales went through this pretty good uh, in a pretty good way on his on his show yesterday. Or uh, whatever, but basically where he says like yeah it's five million, but really in terms of tax you're talking about twelve million dollars. So in total, so you know that's a that's a big thing. And and so if you're taking that twelve million, and yes that's not the salary that you're giving, but effectively if you're not paying out that twelve million in in tax and in salary to somebody else. You could pay someone five million and pay the total of twelve million, but that five million, you know, is a bench player. That's a that's one of those veterans that we've been talking about. And I, I realize that the cap gymnastics of necessarily how to do that aren't easy. Um, although I suppose you could use the, the traded player exception for Ennis Cantor. Regardless, the larger point remains, you know, that money that that Tatum won't get is going to help you would hope, as long as they're tax paying team, it should help this team to build a team around him. Um, and I also think it puts a chip on his shoulder, right? I mean that doesn't that seem to make sense. Don't you think he's well the great news is
1: it? It, it, the great news is is that the team didn't prevent him from getting the money. Exactly. He had every opportunity to get all NBA. Right? And for all intents and purposes he probably did earn the money. <laughs> but but the team didn't say you can't have it. The team didn't keep it from him. And it's not like this clause is an uncommon contractual clause. It's a very common one, right? So they also didn't, like, wheel and deal and shyster him out of the money in the way that they designed the contract. So, I w- I, you know, unless his agent is a complete ass, there's no way that Jason looks at this like the team somehow is at fault. <laughs> for him not getting the full money out of the contract, you know. And and so that's good. And then secondly, it actually is going to help them be able to put better a better product around him, which should help retain him next time when he's going to get all of his money. He's going to get every last dollar that the Celtics have to offer him, and let, barring some wildly ridiculous injury, which for this team just isn't out of the question. But uh, b- barring that... Uh, on his current growth curve, he's going to get every possible dollar unconditionally um, on his next contract. And and frankly, I love the way that the Celtics design these contracts. On that first renewal, right? Is you, you got to do these things to get the most money. But everybody knows they're getting max unconditional dollars on their next contract, and I think that's a fair way to approach it. Um, because you do when you fir- when they first sign their extension, there's still work to be done. There just is, and so having some incentive built into it is good. So number one, to your point, there's no way he can look at it like somebody took money from him that he deserved in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Not on the team. And then secondly, it, that also benefits their ability to give him a better product and give him wins and make him happy and help lock him up long term on the the next time it comes around. And then you know I think the other you know big benefit. You know, to to all that is the chip on the shoulder. It's just going to make him work that much harder to get it and to prove everybody wrong. And so, you know, all of those all of those things keeps, you know, that motivation that he already has internally, you know, right in alignment with, you know, coming out on what everybody's terming the revenge tour next year <laughs> and really proving himself. And so go for it, man you know mm. that's what everybody wants that's what you want it's what the NBA needs it's what the Celtics need you know and and so i there's no hard feelings but man that's a lot of money
0: mm. it is it's a lot of money and and i wonder if it I, I don't think it did but i wonder if it had any sort of uh impact on his desire to play in the in the olympics um because that's that's obviously you know, you need to recapture some of that glory in some other way. And, you know, I wonder, did he, did he think, well, you know, maybe I should, (laughs) maybe I should, you know, uh, this is my way to kind of get back up on the mountaintop. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that's the way Jason Tatum looks at it. I frankly tie into our previous conversation about player empowerment. I'm rather hoping this is his opportunity to, To get some time with Bradley Beal, maybe some time with Damian Lillard, maybe some time with some of these other stars, and say, "Hey, look, come to Boston. We got an opportunity here. We got Jalen. We got an opportunity to to make make good here." Um, And I don't know who's going to join him. I don't know. But how does this?
1: I'm not real quick. How does
0: this work with the money,
1: right? Because we look at their cap situation. Did that 32 million create a cap hold? And we've all been assessing their cap positioning around that money potentially hitting the books, and now there's relief as we've been talking about the cap or not? Well,
0: no, I mean, there's, they were still, they're still going to be over into the tax next year, regardless. The question was how far in, right, right. So now it's just five million it's five it, 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 it's not as deep into the tax by five million. You know what I mean? That right. and that I don't think that included any sort of repeater tax or or, or banding to the tax. So you know, if you was
1: there a th- potential th- limitation to using the remaining 11 million of the traded player exception because of salaries? Yes. Uh, okay, so this allow this potentially positions them to be able to use that full 11
0: More million. More likely. Player. Yeah, right. Or Or, because because
1: there's the whole Fournier, you know, re-signing potential and everything else. So they might not use it at all because it might still get whittled away with the tax. But it does help them potentially re-sign
0: Fournier, right? Is their ability. I, well, they yeah. they have to go over. I mean, it's five million, right? So how many you know, you can only spend it once, you know what I mean? So it's like, well, it doesn't help them do all of those things, but in some way it's five million closer towards doing any number of them, right? So how having, far are they from the hard cap. Like how much money can they offer for him, yet? do you know? Uh, the well, they have his bird rights, so they could max him out if they wanted to. But Obviously, they're not going to but do only that. Only
1: to the hard cap, right? They can They still can't go over no. the hard cap if they max you, them, yeah, right? you
0: can. Yes, you can. You can pay it. You can pay your 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 guys as much as you want. The hard cap doesn't limit your ability to pay your own free agents. Um, it it, it impacts your ability to attract players via trade. Maybe that's an oversimplification, but generally, that's, I get what
1: you're saying. Not attract. Yeah. It's your ability to actually get them.
0: You can't yeah. trade if
1: you right period. you can't right you can't send the same amount of salary out screw it or
0: right. are they exactly. going to
1: get anybody with 11 million worth more than fournier is to them i, I mean, don't at least because they could yeah. trade right like as an asset is there somebody for 11 million dollars that's going to do better than paying fournier whatever he can you know matching or doing better than what anybody else can offer him on the market at least for the ability to continue to trade that level of salary if they want to I don't think so. I think they gotta resign him. They can juggle yeah. with trades whenever they need to.
0: Right, right, absolutely. I mean I think I don't think there's anything they can do that would be better than that. The question is can you spend the same amount of money and, and, and reconfigure it, right? So if you're if Fournier, let's say he becomes an eighteen million dollar a year player, is it better to let that go? Go out, get the eleven million dollar guy, you know, with the remainder of the TPE, and then and then also use the other TPE, let's say the the NS Cantor TPE, so a total of sixteen million you're kind of taking back, and are you further ahead, right? So uh, Brian Robb wrote a um, a good good piece on Mass Live where you know he basically said you know these are all the kind of that guys that fit in that TPE, that's eleven million one. one. And you get guys like Larry Nance and you got Kyle Anderson's and, you know, guys like that, that are not great players, but clearly rotation players. Um, you know, so if, if you could get, you know, 60, a $5 million guy here, an $11 million guy here, are you further ahead than having one Evan Fournier? That's really, I guess where you're at, you know, and a team that needs depth, that might be worthwhile, but the question is, what's going What are you gonna have to give up on top of the TPE in both cases? Is a second rounder enough to get Kyle Anderson, who's on a one-year deal, or are you gonna have to throw you know number ones at the Cavs to get somebody like um, you know like Larry Nance? Those that's the problem, and you know after we see Desmond Bain, who uh, the Celtics had to use a number one to, to attach with that thirtieth pick. Um, who Memphis took Desmond Bain to get off the uh, the canter money, um, and and coincidentally get the TPE for that um, that, we're, that I'm talking about. It's like, are you now? Is it worth it? <laughs> you know, um, you know, maybe it makes more sense to to see where you are. I I don't know what I don't know what his the other question is what's Fournier's market going to be. I mean, there's a couple places that will have money, but are they going to want to spend the money on a type of guy like Evan Fournier? Um, it seems to me they're going to have to make some decisions early on. And the other thing I'd say is that we've noticed in the last three, four years, right? Celtics always have been have been undervaluing what free agents are getting on the market. So my guess <laughs> is that you know we're hopeful that it's more than what we expect. And it's you know I expect it's going to be more than what you know we are uh, expecting he's going to get on the market. Just because that seems to be the way it goes with the Celtics lately look yeah, at Hayward I, I, look at look at Horford look at you know sad to say but that seems to be the way it's gone yeah i i'd like to see them bring
1: him in no matter what i mean they 48. should spend the money yeah Yep, yeah, because they can i again my whole approach to that is they can still trade to do the things that you're talking about mm-hmm. you know with players they can still trade players to break it up into some veterans and whatnot. I mean, I think you go with talent and salary, and to your point, why give up more draft picks, right? Why overspend in some of those trades, you know, to bring in those players when you could sign a guy like Fournier, and I realize we can't immediately spin him off, and I'm not even saying he's the guy we'd want to spin off, right? But I feel like you could still make some moves to bring in, you know, other players, and he is a veteran, and i think honestly i think he would have had a much bigger impact on the club as a scorer even i think he fits perfect off the bench to be honest with you i think he's he's just he flows very much like you said in that hayward model without paying him 30 million a year and he's not quite as good as hayward but he comes off the bench and he's young enough that we can get value out of this contract and he can do a little bit of ball handling you know he's in that small forward you know, wing player role, mm-hmm. um, I I think he I think he fits really well. I'm not saying that the rest of the roster fits him really well, but I think that those kinds of things, you know, can shake themselves out as you figure out, okay, who's really here forever and
0: who's yeah. not. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point that you're making. I, you know, that's the one thing I would say, you know, going into this is you I think the Celtics – as they look at these – as they were entering these, these contract situations with Hayward and with Horford uh, and, and I think now here with Fournier, you know, there was a fear of trying to worry about the tax and looming issues and looming concerns, and I think as long as you were able to sign a contract that wasn't immediately so far underwater that there's no way you could get out of it – I think perhaps the, the smarter approach might have been to sign the guy and if you had to move him you move him later on as opposed to preemptively letting guys who have value go and then now in a situation where you're you're using lesser pieces to stay under attacks or something but you have to attach picks to do so. You know, I mean, I just look at that Horford deal and it was too much, it was a lot of money, it was it was everyone was saying it's crazy money, whatever, blah blah blah. Look at where Horford is right now. I mean, he's 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 in exile, right? They weren't even playing him at the end of the year in Oklahoma City, but does his 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 contract seem completely out of whack? You know, he's got one more year and then he's got a, a, a guarantee for basically half or a little less than half of the money. Like, I think probably that was a bad call on the Celtics part. And I think it was a bad call on all of our parts who said, well, it's too much money and look what Philly's doing. I think Philly we made the right decision. And then I think the Celtics made the wrong decision in not trying to match that. Now, that might have meant they wouldn't have had a, you know, Kemba Walker, and it might have been that well, Horford may have broken down sooner, or who knows. But what does this team look like without Horford playing with it the last two years, as opposed to what does it look like with Kemba Walker on it the last two years? Is there a, is there a decided difference? Are they decidedly better or worse?
1: It's just the it's expiring better.
0: contract. It's the expiring
1: contract here. To your point, if you can't spin them off and you've already got the salary committed – then you just ride it out, you know you can move them in that final year if you've got picks to trade with exactly. it. Exactly. The problem with moving all the so picks right. and not having the salary of a player you want to move is that you're, you're not able to move <laughs> anything. And right. that's why we made those four first-round draft picks that year and never got nothing for them is because we didn't want to give up anybody with a significant salary in an expiring contract year that would actually do anything. Mm-hmm. We didn't have it. We didn't have all the pieces of the puzzle. And you have to have all the pieces of the puzzle. And so well,
0: it, Yeah.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. No, Go ahead. just gonna Go say I was gonna say thank you so much for backing me up because you're right.
0: You well, added more flavor to my point. And well, and and just to jump on top of what you're saying too, so so now looking at where we are with Kemba, right? There's been a lot of talk in the last few days about, well, we got to trade him. He's got, you know, I mean, ever since the start of the, the end of the season, it's been all over the Kemba thing. What is the view of Kemba Walker going to be a year from now? Like, let, it's let's It's going to be the Al Horford scenario. Well is it he, he right. could play
1: up. I get what you're saying. He could play up and be more valuable heading into his expiring contract year. Right if if this is the year where he sort of puts it all together because it's a full off season, he's legit, legit right. healthy. He's said or the team has said he's going to play every game and not continue to rest the second night of back to backs, right? Yeah. And they'll yeah. give him a game off here and there. Don't don't get me wrong. There's no way he's playing eighty two. He's right. going to be 68 to 70 uh but you know there but the stretch of back-to-back games isn't going to be as nearly as grueling either the season's going to be a little more back to normal as well uh And they and they right before the pandemic, that was the whole point. They shortened preseason so they could stretch out the game. So that didn't happen. And then we're like, well, then why does Boston have so many back to backs? And why does it not look the way you say it's supposed to for them? So who knows what the schedule will actually come out like. But at the end, you know, what I'm really getting at is if we if we start this season at a normal time next year or close to, it should help him manage injuries. And you're right trading him this offseason could be selling low. The problem is is it now appears that he's not happy with Boston. Here's the one thing with that. I don't think Kemba's like the rest of the players in the NBA where we said that they had control over the league as we were talking about in the first half of the show. Mm-hmm. Kemba's not one of those guys. He's just not and he'll come out and he'll he'll keep the right attitude and he'll toe the line and he is not going to be I don't think he's got it in him to be that disgruntled superstar. He may force them to then trade him next year or continue mm-hmm. to apply pressure, but I don't think that it's going to play out on the court. I mean, you want to talk about a pro in this league? You know, if there's any reason to keep him, it's that, you know, he's yeah. you know, barring his injury totally taking over. There's only upward mobility from where he's at today in <laughs>
0: trade value. It's in value to that, the team. That's, that's, I guess that's my larger point is like, this is the, the bottom of, of his value, right? It's, it's not going to go lower than it is right now, you know, and the idea of having to attach picks or, you know, any sort of negative connotation to what you're going to get back is not a deal I'm interested in with Kemba Walker at all because I, I and, and I'm not saying that, that a year from now he's going to be a max contract player that you trade a max contract Floor. I'm not even suggesting that. All I'm really trying to get at is the idea of trying to trade him at his lowest value just seems to me like a like a really bad decision. Um, now, they are in a situation. There's here. no point. They, in paying, there's no you, point.
1: Just to emphasize that. Yeah, there's no point in paying somebody to take him.
0: There's no right. Point. So if you if you if you take him and you and you keep him or you you take him and you you know you turn him in, you know for a year and then you look next summer, then okay, I'm I'm interested, I'm listening. But but if you resign Evan the problem is you sign resign Evan Fournier in let's say six million dollars, a modest decrease from what he's making now because of the market. Let's just, just argue that it's the same or similar. That's hundred and fifty one million dollars. That means that your cap you're gonna be uh, about fifteen million dollars over the luxury tax, that's a problem. <laughs> so what do you do in that case? And and my guess is if you re sign Fournier, you're saying goodbye to Marcus. If you don't re sign Fournier, you're probably keeping Marcus. I think it's a one or the other. I don't think Why? Thing. can you because you're fifteen million dollars over the tax and I just don't know if they're gonna pay into the tax for a team that struggled so much last year and needs to have they veterans have to. added to it. No, this is my point.
1: They have to, they have to pay that and then they can work the roster out later. Um, they have to, they don't have a choice. Why would they diminish the product after a struggling year? I don't understand that. I don't understand why you would find a way to, I get what you're saying as far as like the budget. Like why would they go into the tax so much? Not believing that they can get a championship. Well, I don't. I don't know why they've ever gone into the tax if that's not the end game, and they're going to be hogtied for many years in the cap anyway. Uh, th- there's no way around it. There's a re-signing of Marcus, like you said. Everything else, like they're always going to be cap-strapped, anyhow. So why why wouldn't they spend the money and to, to the whole point of how we got here with this conversation? Right. Why wouldn't they spend the money? so that they can figure it out later. They're just going to lose the money. They're just going to lose the ability to use it. And they've got enough young talent and they have enough picks that if they don't trade away the picks, again, to move a, a Walker that they don't need to move necessarily. I mean, if if there's value for Walker and you can bring in some of the vets and you're not paying out, but you are sort of turning the team over to Jason and Jalen and you're balancing it out better, and, and then, yes, absolutely, uh, I'd be for a trade this summer for that, even if it is on lower value. it's just, But not if it's going to cost you something, because I feel like those first-round picks help you continue to make little moves with the roster. Just think about all the things that they did once they traded for Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. If you look, that team was cash-strapped. For the same and and for that entire duration, for all the same reasons, it was all tied up in three contracts. And so they used some good picks and they got some players who were younger who could contribute, you know, in, in a role. And they wound up using the veteran minimum and um, and they would spend their first round picks to try to you know make some moves. Were all of those moves good moves? No, but. Did those moves necessary? Like, did the team live or die with that? No, the team lived or died with the health status of one uh, Rondo because he was a good hit later in the draft, and they kept him out of the trades, uh, which I we've all recall that he was he was wanted in that Kevin Garnett one, and they protected him. Um, so they they kept one good player who was drafted in the twenties who panned out. And then, and then they, you know, some of the other moves were whatever, but it all rested on the big three.
0: And it, and and this yes. will too. But, but they were never as far into the tax as we're talking about for a team that's, I think, clearly a step below, you know, what Brooklyn, um, you know, Brooklyn, Philly, Milwaukee. Could they be in that class? I think I think they I know that sounds crazy and no one wants to believe that. I think they can be in that class, actually. But but I, I don't think right I now do too, going into it, they have to be a, healthy.
1: They have to sort out the, the coaching right. dilemmas in the locker room and they do have to get some veterans on the squad. Yeah. Uh, and it but but can they be? Yeah, and I and I and I realize, yeah, not in the cap space, but that's what it's gonna take, dude. You it are is. not going I to I agree. Be
0: you're I not going to beat the
1: Brooklyn Nets cutting back on the salary and not doubling down. And then I say, well, what's the point then? Let's throw in the towel. Let's shed the team. Let's make some draft picks. Let's let Jalen and, and Jason take a step back and, and, and right. continue to hang in the sixth-round seed and do what every other team does with the young emerging stars and let them grind it and grind it before you make the investment. And we'll just wait it out six years. Well, but, but that's not the right play. Years. Well no, seriously, until they're in their late 20s, right? when the league gives them respect at the free throw line and three you know years. all those yeah. things
0: three to three to five years. They're yeah, because they're what, I, what I'm saying is 23 to 24 so they're you know they're in that they're in that range now, but so you have to clear the books well, in the that's, next
1: three to five years. Yeah, have them suffer through it after they've been used to winning. Right, and and then invest in the team right as you're tr- in the midst of trying to resign them, and they're saying, "Are you really committed to this?" No, dude. No, so, dude. There's no choice. You spend the tax.
0: You're in so, it. So okay, my my point would be that I would rather have them better prepared in two years to hit hard when it comes to, you know, whoever the free agents are, or what have you. Than to and, and I'm not saying they can't do that by signing Fournier. I'm just saying that in terms of what their organizational philosophy should be surrounded, I think, is the idea of they use the next two years to try to see what they can build around them with particularly with the young players they have. Like I don't think we know what Neesmith, Grant Williams, or Romeo Langford can provide. I think we have an idea that Robert Williams might be something much more than, you know, your average twenty seventh pick. Um, But but I don't know that we know that to any great degree. And I think that's what this year in particular and next year are for you can't flush them down the toilet and be like, well, you know, we're tanking. I'm not saying that. But I guess my point is, don't. I want to see – I don't want to put them in a – I want to see them put themselves in a position so that in two years they're in the repeater tax and they're and they're strapped because they try to go too far to try to go all out to win. I want to see them win, but I want to see them – I think they're only going to get there if they have multiple pieces on this roster that they can then consolidate in two years for uh, that star player. I don't see any, I don't think they have the pieces right now that, you know, for example, Washington would really be that like, I want to, wanna, meet, I want, I don't think, you know, Romeo Langford and Kemba, and that'll give you Bradley B. Like, that's not going to be enough. You know, they need, there needs to be something else. And, and right now it's, it's still wait and see mode. So I don't want to see them, I guess, lose that opportunity and to go too far in into something that I think isn't isn't ever going to bear itself out as as you know the the success we need it to be. Um, it, you know, it's like it's like those years of of LeBron where they would just give up first round picks and first round picks, and then by the end they had nothing around because they tried to it was always try to win now, win now, win now, and never looking ahead of themselves and i just think two years from now is where they're winning. i don't uh, i don't know that that's a, a
1: a good example of where the celtics might go right you had a franchise right. that's that, an, that that's, had one that's exactly player sure. yeah well it's not just an exaggeration you had one player who was fully in control of that entire franchise's True. you know future and then nope. that when that single player makes a decision that's the end of it. I And that player would have made that decision uh, not sooner because the contract's a contract, but you would have had a mutually assured destruction that he was gonna leave if you didn't spend those first round picks to get there. And let's look at how they rebuilt, right? In three years' time, they drafted Kyrie and then brought the man back and won a championship. So that's a double <laughs> whammy as a poor example of the point you're trying to make. <laughs> but, yeah, but, fair. but the point's well taken. I just don't see the point. I just, I don't think that shedding all that salary and trying to bring in that third star, you know, through free agency is the way to go. I think you're better. Well, off. I'm not
0: saying that. I'm just I'm saying, saying I'm, as an alternative,
1: I'm saying. Spend the money and then make the play on that trade. And you're right. If you want to throw a bunch of assets in, gravy.
0: I what do think, you mean, make play on that trade? What do you mean by that? Make what? Say that again. You said make play on that trade. What does it what do mean? Hay. That? Make, oh, make hay. Make hay. Okay. Make hay on that
1: trade. So take Fournier because he's not signing for two years. You know, even if he oh, gets you're saying, crazy use that
0: salary as. Part yeah. Of OK, OK, OK.
1: And then take the picks. Right. Don't spend the picks to get rid of Walker. Keep the picks. You right. Know? And right. the problem with with what the, the one the one reason to move in the direction that you're saying, don't say don't keep Fournier. you know, let Marcus's contract ride out. Keep your first round picks. Potentially try to move Walker to a team with cap room and get more picks if he sort of, you know, increases in value, you know, the reason to do that isn't to make a big trade, it's to have those picks to round out the roster because now you have cap room by not re-signing Fournier and getting rid of Marcus Smart, you know, because you're not going to re-sign him because you're going to go super big. And I think you're better off collecting the picks and the salaries to make the move than you are Trying to make the big splash in free agency, and you're hoping that said coach, maybe it's Chauncey and Jalen and Jason, are out there lobbying that player. I don't. We've we've missed on that deal with several players in free agency, probably most notably Kevin Durant. I don't like that play. I, I and it, not that I love the trade play, you know, for somebody like Kyrie. But let's let's really think about that trade. That cost the Celtics nothing. To take that gamble, do I hate Kyrie? And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but the, but that trade really didn't cost the Celtics much.
0: And but you also had the, the trick to that. Just just real quick, the the trick to that was you had to have a place that he wanted to play. So you have to be you have to be attractive in some way that there's a a
1: a, a but you are limiting.
0: The players' options
1: based on what the team can and is willing to do. And Mm -hmm. even with a free agent, you can still finagle the sign-and-trade so it's still on the table. You don't lose that opportunity when you have the picks and you have the salary, right? You still have the ability to get that free agent to come to you through another means, or Mm -hmm. they don't have the option to go to other teams because they're still mid-contract and they're demanding a trade. Keep the salary Keep the salary. Yep. Yep. Spend I get the you. Money. Spend the money. You know who's going to be not right? Not our money. That? But. Right. <laughs> it, yeah.
0: well, well. The problem is I don't know if, if they'll do it. I think you're right. I, I, I think, think you, that's the I best. I think
1: you're right that they might not do it, but that will tell us everything about their commitment, and it will send a message to Jalen and Jason, too. It will.
0: Yep. Yep. I mean, I just – yeah. I, 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 They are in a great situation. And I'm sure if I'm the coach coming into this, I want to know that they're going to spend that money and they're going to be committed to winning in 2022, you know, but they're not going to want to take a back seat. I just want to make sure that they have the pieces in 2023, summer 2023, to acquire that big star. Maybe the big star is before that point. Maybe it's Bradley Beal and, 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 and that's the deal. I'm I'm dodgy on that. I'm not sure I believe that Bradley Beal's the guy, but if the, if our hope is to try to keep Jason Tatum at all costs and we think he's a potential MVP candidate, then maybe that's exactly what we have to do.
1: Okay. You know who's going to be super pissed cuz we've hit 1 hour. What's and that? didn't talk about draft at all. Byron. Oh man, Byron is gonna kill us. Sorry, Byron, for getting so deep into all of that conversation that we never even touched the draft. You so me
0: his five guys, I feel so bad about this. Um, yeah, I, I I feel bad, but I I will. I'm only gonna say one name and one name only. Usman Garuba. That's Kai. all I have to say. That's, I'm just going to go there. That's all I'm going to say, and then we'll we'll talk more about that. That's, that's a tease for next time.
1: How are we going to get him? Where is he projected to go? I thought he was going up.
0: 15th? Nah, nah. Well, that's the thing. Everybody's moving. I mean, come on. It's like it's so early. We're going to – the whole – I'm like an
1: NBA – yeah, I was going to say I'm at NBA draft net, and I think they have him at
0: five. Is that possible? <sighs> I guess. I mean, I, no, I mean, he shouldn't. I don't think he should be that high. I think Kaminga is, is five from Suggs. And oh, no, you're right. Kaminga is five. But, but I, yeah, Garuba, I, I just think they need somebody who's kind I'm of. I'm
1: sorry. He's down 23. Yeah. He's go. 23 on the NBA draft net.
0: So, yeah, you
1: and I. We've already had this teasing conversation. You and I are on the opposite ends of big men. We both want a power forward center. Right. Right. I just want another freak like Robert Williams, you know, from the great state of Texas, and you want another Grant Williams. So I,
0: wanna, I don't. Oh, stop! Jeez. <laughs> that was yeah. too easy. No, I yeah, I want uh, I want a Jerome Moiso is what I'm. I looking. want a better Grant Williams. <laughs> I, no, I think, no, because I think the four is the position they need to focus on. And we talked about that. You, you like Kai Jones and, um, you know, I, I get it. I don't see anything. There's nothing wrong with that, but I, I just, I, I feel like the four is the biggest need right now. I feel like they need, they need somebody or it's Scotty Barnes or whether it's Garou- I think will be probably a mid mid lottery guy, five, six, seven, eight, um, Garuba. Garuba
1: is a little more athletically built.
0: I will, yeah. I will give you that. Yeah. It's I don't not, know if he can shoot, but you know, I yeah. think that's the type of guy that that fits in here. Um, you know, I'm not. And we
1: may not have Kai Jones available to us either. He may go before us.
0: Who knows though? See, this is the thing. It's so early. It really is. I and mean, this is like, at this point, it's like early May. You know. That's really kind of where we're. Well, I guess a little bit later than that, but we're like middle early May at this point. So this this in a normal you mean as
1: game. compared to normal years? Yeah, that's yeah. What I mean.
0: It's so much changes when people start getting guys in for workouts, and and I'm not sure how that's going to work. When does days.
1: that start? So, yeah, I was just going to say. I know Celtics the draft is in July, but
0: they they brought Sharif Cooper in, Isaiah Jackson in this week. I don't know if Trey Mann came in, but I don't think so. But but they brought in some guys, some real guys there. So. Uh, they're they're I they're doing like the this work. later
1: draft, dude. I mean, it helps us get through the summer. Do you realize that the NBA draft is going to be held two days before the anniversary of the Kevin Garnett trade? And if you remember, so by awesome. the time the Kevin Garnett trade happened, we thought it was like the season, the off season's done. Right. Yeah, yep. everything that's going to happen has happened. I mean, that is July thirty first okay. is a weird ass time for an NBA transaction to have happened. I'll,
0: I'll tell you what. I actually kind of hope I will. I wish they would move the, the calendar to this, to this. Class. Yeah. I kind of like, out. I mean, Spread it's it fun out. to have October dude, summer but-
1: league, summer league is right before NBA training camp. So they just prep those guys roll into a shortened training camp and then right into the season. So the vets have less you know, preseason, but they already know the plays and everything else. And then the summer league is about getting those players ready without having this long break before they hit training camp. You just warm them up, teach them the plays, and that's how you keep the veterans because the college players aren't coming off a long season, right? They play far less games. So there's <laughs> they didn't no. They play at per- all this
0: year. <laughs> they, they didn't play at them.
1: all this year. Right, right. But. Right. <laughs> But my point being is, like you said, let's kick it to this moving forward. So let's say we're about to roll into a normal year, you know, starting when the season begins, and we're going to have this shortened preseason and everything else. Why not do the draft in July? Give everybody more time. Let them shuffle the freaking deck before they make picks. You know, that's that's one of the things is the team's got to prepare for a draft night when they may want to flip those picks later. I love – I want to have – the 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 free agency and the trades before the draft. Let them sort their yes. rosters out a little bit. I agree. Then let's let's fill the holes a little bit with that draft. I think it'll help totally. a lot of players too. Because totally agree. second round picks and everything else get made with a much better understanding of the construction of the roster. And that's what those picks are for anyway. So let's let the teams figure out what they got. Do that. Then we take August off and they go to Summer League in the beginning of September. That way it's only four weeks off, and you and I have something to talk about all year round. They start the training camp. Then they go into training camp. Then they do the shortened preseason, and, and, and the season starts at the end of October. That's the way to do it.
0: See, no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually saying I would bump everything up, and I would start in November. all oh, the games? And I, I'd have the game. Well, I'd have camp. I'd have camp start in October. I'd have games start in November. I I'd, I'd push everything a month ahead, and and try to keep as much of this out of the football season as I can, and then and then really have the NBA season end <laughs> before football starts. You know, it's funny about that. What's what that? a statement against
1: baseball you just made.
0: Oh well,
1: you know, yeah. No, was, I'm with you baseball's um, lost its luster dude it's, it's not the dying same sport. sport it was yeah. it's a dying sport what you just said is basically the nba and the nfl reign supreme yeah, they do and, and we want to we want to stagger it so that there's something that we can enjoy and i want my football sundays uninterrupted with a celtics 330 loss because they can't play on sunday afternoons for some reason i get exactly.
0: it yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. And if you have, can't, you know, you can have summer leave in August and the, the problem with that would of course be the front offices like to take their vacations in the summer, but you know, tough noogies. If that's when the cash, the checks are getting cashed then that's when you got to work, you know? So uh, I, I'd, I'd love that. I'd love to have a later start to the season. Kind of like what, this season started, um, you know, December, you know, November, December, right around, you know, maybe right after Thanksgiving. I don't know, something like that. And then, and then really go into a situation where you're kind of owning the summer. Because what's going on this summer? There's not much going on. And I think, I think with a normal year, like they didn't have great ratings last year. There was so much going on in everyone's lives a year ago. I don't think that's an accurate representation of, of, of the, uh, and, and they're actually getting great ratings this year and everything's pushed ahead so you know i've got, i've got great hope for that i've got great hope for that um, before we oh go oh my god oh my god what, what how what, did
1: i not remember this what I, I just saw the celtics blog tweet 13 years ago today i was very happy holy crap 13 years ago it's it's freaking june 17th as we record this how did sure i miss is. that
0: sure how did is. i miss that it's doc river's birthday too right that's right and it's <laughs> possible Anything is possible. Thirteen years ago. We were we were recording Man, a little bit later ends, in the night.
1: The bookends bit... coming show after show right seriously, now. Seriously.
0: Seriously. Yeah. We recorded a little bit later than this. We're recording it's a it's it's about ten o'clock right now. So we're yeah, you know, the games, the the, the Nets uh, Bucks games going on right now. Uh, we were recording a little bit later in the night. Uh yeah, on on that evening of the seventeenth. Um that was an infamous yeah. broadcast.
1: I think it was like one AM and what in like it was. three.
0: Till three, yeah. I think. Or something like it. It was crazy. It was it was a nuts. Dude, that's nice. Scalabrini was so drunk. So great. I love it. <laughs> it was awesome. That was awesome. It was I loved that. He
1: was the only player to come out of the locker room and just like roam around, you know, the whole oh, he the play. Game. Yeah. So he, did, he
0: had a lot of options, but uh
1: no, I don't mean in the middle of the game. I just, like, all the players stayed in the locker room. And uh, you know, once the confetti dropped, there's was a mad dash to be in the locker room with the players. And only, like, the people who knew what they were doing got there in time. I never got in there. And, you know, a few people came out. But I heard it was just, like, ridiculously packed and, and whatever. And I'm sure it was a great experience. That part I, I did miss covering the game. Um but I don't know that I could have gotten from the halo all the way down there in time to get in anyway. But the only player that exited that locker room, you know, until they all went home or whatever was, was Scal. And he had bottles of champagne and, uh, dude, he was, he was living life and he was hilarious. And I don't remember, I don't know. Do you remember him being on the, I guess I should say some of the players came out for their interviews, like the right. post game interview, like Kevin, you know. We got I think I got the last
0: question you did. in for Kevin's for, for absolutely for Kevin's game. Tell us about the fans. I I remember I remember yeah. the did whole you deal. see the
1: commercial, you know. Uh and he was like, Man, oh that, god, what a great answer. It was a great you know, answer. I didn't want to be fanboy, but then I was like, I you know, this is this is a good question to ask in a feel good moment after a championship.
0: Absolutely. Dude. That was
1: a great answer. I got to go find
0: that clip again. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, uh before we go, let's uh any you know we used to do predictions for Celtics games, but obviously they're not playing. Uh we got we won't talk about the Bucks. You know, let's assume the Bucks uh tie the series up and go to game 7. What's we got the score right now as you say that. Uh the Bucks are up by 10. 59, 49 and a half. Mm, I so count, I count well, on it, but okay. I mean, who who would? I'm not counting on it. I'm just saying for our purposes uh, here, we can't. We can't. We don't know what's going to happen the next. You if know, we're going to
1: predict, right, right, that game so that, that could be over. So let's right. assume it's not. Well, no, like, no, say let's, it goes to game seven and make a prediction. Right. right.
0: So yeah. So if so, we've got. Yeah, so if, if that goes to Game 7, what's your prediction of, of w- which direction that goes in? I mean, that's going Brooklyn's way, dude. You think so? You think KD alone and, and a hobbled Harden's enough? I don't know. I mean...
1: I mean, KD was... The wow. problem, he was wow, but Milwaukee's got to win two in a row, and they're only up 10 at the half, and what you just described is the current situation, and KD did it the other day. I guess I guess a lot of me thinks that KD finishes this thing off tonight because he knows he has to.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, so then you've got Sixers-Hawks, which is Atlanta just needs one game at home to to clinch that. How yeah.
1: weird is it going to be when Atlanta – Plays Brooklyn for the title, like for the Eastern Conference title, because that's that's, that's what I think is happening, and that, that makes is weird, me nauseous. Oh, it oh. makes me nauseous too because it's Atlanta, dude. Like, like you're it.
0: telling me the Celtics weren't as good as Atlanta this season? Well, yeah, and you're telling me that, yeah, no, I'm not a fan of. The Hawks. So, and I really don't want to see the, the Nets win. So, you know, it's hard to believe I'm rooting for the Sixers and the Bucks. but here we are, you know, <laughs> they're both down 3-2. Dude, so, dude, it's where we are.
1: I, I find it funny that Atlanta tops your shit list amongst the three remaining Philly, Milwaukee, not, and Brooklyn not topping,
0: teams. Not topping. They're, no, Brooklyn is the bottom of the barrel. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that they're – I'm not surprised Knicks. I'm surprised that Atlanta isn't your first choice against all those teams. No, cuz I don't like Trey Young cuz I don't like the way he plays. Yeah, I don't because I'm not a fan. But
1: are you with me now on they should have traded for John Collins? Yes. Yes. But yeah.
0: that's but you know,
1: that Remember that was my play at the beginning of the season. Before yeah. all I was that's the move. That's what that's who you need to spin Hayward off for.
0: I you know, I think that, that's, that that was shown to be their their weakness, that position. and, and I would rather have had him well, the question is he'd be going to free agency expecting 30 you know 28 million dollars, and you're going to go into free agency with Fournier expecting 17, 18 million dollars. right so- and a traded player
1: exception that's now
0: basically unusable after that. Right, well yeah pretty much so you know <laughs> so split. there's a 28 million why wouldn't you just give it to
1: John Collins and Ooh. fill the problem <laughs> right. you know. okay utah right. and the clippers
0: yeah what do you think yeah do you clippers, think clippers? Do you yeah
1: because sure. i mean i, I think john be the one that picks the, that's leading 3 to 2 uh, it, it, on every single one of these but i just think i just think the clippers are are there i think they're the going
0: up. They're, they're, you know, they're going home and yes, there's no Kawhi. And then we don't have a whole lot of clarity on that ACL situation. But, um, you know, if you consider Kawhi and of, and Don Mitchell kind of canceling each other out, am I relying on playoff P to be the guy who carries over the Clippers over the edge? I think I am. But I, I, I'm really kind of rooting for the Jazz because the sooner the Clippers are out, that, that helps. to. You realize
1: keep- the Phoenix is going to the finals. Right,
0: I, I'm rooting for Phoenix. I want Phoenix Dude,
1: to win. Dude, I title. love Phoenix, but this is a shocker. And I remember at the beginning of the season, somebody said, "Who's who's your surprise?" Or we did surprise picks for this season, yeah. and Fe- and Phoenix was mine.
0: No kidding! Wow. Yeah. Okay. yep I did not realize that.
1: Yep. 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 Huh. yep. But they I, did so because they did so well in the bubble, right? Like as did. far as making some noise. Yes, and I was they like, did. they're just riding some momentum here. Like I'm a believer, a young team finally getting respect. They got Chris Paul, so they got a veteran. Like they're on the right. I don't know that I thought they would go to the finals. But, <laughs> yeah, right. You know this, but they, but yeah. they're headed to the finals. I, I just don't see any other way around it, and I just think I'm, I'm kind of excited for them. So that's you know. The only
0: thing. Let's stopping back them this is up COVID. and say. Yeah, right. That's the only thing that's I think that really prevents them from getting there. They're playing so well together, defending well. I mean, it's just it's all kind of clicking for them right now. Um, and you know, Clippers with Kawhi hobbled, the Jazz with Donovan Mitchell hobbled. You know, I just either one of those teams is coming in and and, and they'll be tired, and the Suns will be rested. So and
1: if yeah. Brooklyn goes and wow. they're vulnerable against the Hawks if the Hawks go anyway just because their defense sucks so bad. I know they locked it down a little bit, but when you have you know the injuries that they have that might, you know, go into that Eastern Conference series and continue to be a problem for them if they did, you know, get by Milwaukee, which I think, you know, like I said or yeah, that's what I'm predicting. Yeah. So, yeah. um if Brooklyn, you know, it's it's possible Brooklyn still makes it to the finals, but you know, two things here. One is if Brooklyn makes it, I think Phoenix can carve them the hell up. I really do. And, I hope and so. They've, and they've got some shot blocking ability inside, so it's going to take KD's length on his matchup to carry that again. And he's already going to have had to carry them through so many series. Um, you know, so I think there's a major question mark. Just, I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying I think it's a question mark. There's a decent likelihood that the finals is Atlanta and Phoenix. And the one thing if it's Atlanta and Phoenix, the one thing about that is that will make for a super fun, interesting and surprising finals, and so I'm rooting for it. I know you're down on Atlanta and whatever, but 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 a Phoenix Atlanta series you know, it would be super up tempo. I mean, Atlanta's almost West Coast basketball on the East Coast as it is. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, the matchups with, you know, the youth and the length and um and, and that tempo and everything. I just I think it would be a super fun finals. I might actually watch it.
0: Well, that'd be great. It'd be good for the NBA to hear that. I don't think there'll be many that will, but <laughs> I, I, no, I I think I'm they hopeful. will, dude. I think you're wrong about that. No. I don't think so.
1: I think you're wrong about that. I know where you're going with it because everybody yeah. loves the, their KD and they love their it's, Kawhi and the yeah. established players. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I think you're wrong. I think diehards the, maybe, is, but no, I think the fan base is starving for a story, and they'll be able to they'll be able to cobble <laughs> together so many cool and interesting and new stories that nobody's heard before.
0: Well, as long as it's not. Yeah, Phoenix against anybody's good with me, um, and and you know I want the Clippers out because that makes them more likely to trade for Kemba and allows us to interview Billups. But uh, Milwaukee staying in as long as possible is good for Boston too because that means it's less likely that Coach Bud is fired, and also means that it's. They're, they're, they 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 may have more opportunity to get a decision and hire their coach before in Milwaukee fires bud and then that becomes, you know, potentially the best, uh, you know, coaching situation available. So that's, that's the other all kind of ulterior Celtics motive in this is there's teams. I don't like, 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 uh, Atlanta, but truthful and, and, and certainly Brooklyn, but there's, there's kind of the coaching and, and potential homes for, for Kemba side of this that I'm kind of like, well, you know, if this happens, so yeah, I want, you know clippers to go out soon uh and then and then you know obviously brooklyn go away as quickly as possible please Um, uh, that's what you know that, and actually the sixers going out does help because then they can interview cassell which would be a good thing so or no he was on the bench with yeah right he's in, he's in philly right yeah he's in philly <laughs> with doc so that that would if that if that gets wrapped up tomorrow that would obviously move things ahead for uh for Brad Stevens as he tries to pick a coach, which is still a weird thing to think about. Brad Stevens is such a coach, but he's the one <laughs> picking the coach. What the hell is that about? So I, dude, I love that you're working through this. I'm working through it. I gotta no, have a read can't hear this. No matter what. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna do this. I gotta do this for us. Okay. No, that's not it. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Can
1: you hear this? No. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Rachel,
0: first question. I just want to say, other than my kid being born, this has got to be the happiest day of my life right now. I'm going to be horse I don't I don't plan on sleeping for a week and months. If y'all looking for me, personal friends, my number's about to change. Man, man, man. Go ahead. not that great? So remember great. him? Here I, we go. I remember Let's him the- well. I remember finding out about him, in fact.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Here's the bully. Ready? But then we'll get the last question that I asked go to school and you had that bully mess with you every day you know I know know everybody you know
0: tough guy here it's like that bully that you go to school every day and you know when you get out your mom's or dad's car you know you gotta see him as soon as you walk through the front doors you know he's sitting there with his feet up waiting on you to pat your pockets mess with you and then it's like one day you say to yourself you know what this is gonna stop today and you walk through
1: and as soon as he pat your pocket you lay his ass out Oh, man. That's the best part. And they clipped it off. I got to find the full interview. Oh, what a letdown that was. That's the best part.
0: Not the part where you ask your question about the fans? No, that's the punch the
1: bully out. And then I ask it. I got to see if I can find the full one.
0: Well,. We can, we'll we'll uh, have to leave that for the next one, I guess. What right? a or what? Something to look it's forward a bomb to, bomber. a tease or something for the next one. No,
1: no, I That's blew all. it. That's all. I blew it.
0: Well. Yeah, Kevin,
1: it, it, Kevin Garnett
0: would be so disappointed in he me would. right now. He would. you got to be a closer. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta be a closer. So we we were supposed to do this in 45 minutes. You said you had to go, but it's now almost an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes. But
1: yeah, well, what happened? That's was- all right. My daughter got out of her play practice an hour early, and I had to send
0: my wife about the time I did the ad read an hour ago. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. See, all right, all right. I was just making sure. I'm afraid out. you were getting, you'd forgotten, and you were gonna get in trouble here at the end. But that's good. I'm glad to hear that uh, everyone's safe and and. Uh... No, it all got <laughs> handled. Good, it good. All, it all got handled,
1: but. <laughs> We're going to wrap it. That's going to do it for this week's show. As a reminder, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow John at CSL underscore Duke. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. We'd appreciate a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And on behalf of the CLNS Media man, Nick Gelso, my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poole, and thanks for listening to this, to this week's episode of
0: Celtic Stuff Live.